Hello everyone, Frank and Darren, and this time we're doing the best and worst of the Scream franchise again. We did part one not too long ago, and we're going to go through it up to part four, leading up to part five coming out, I think January 14th, if I'm not mistaken, Darren. Yeah, yeah. I think so. So, everyone knows I loathe, despise this franchise, but <laughs> as I did with the first one, I'm going to come at it clear and open-minded. You know, I think the people who like it and the people who love this uh, franchise deserves that. And I know some of them are subscribers or even not our subscribers, but our watchers at least. Um, so remember, guys, I'm not going to hate it because I could talk about this all day, how much it sucks. You're going to get nothing but honesty for me. I don't know if Darren really hates this franchise as much as me. Shit, I even have a shirt that says it. <laughs> uh, but Darren, um, Scream Two, uh, oh, better than getting to uh, better than Part One, or is it getting better? No, no, yeah, not okay. at all. all no, right. I mean, no, there were bits of it I really like. One scene in particular, which I think it, I remember when I went to see it at the cinema. The opening of the first Scream is just legendary, and the opening of this film I just thought was just, just messy. And unfortunately, things have happened since it came out, which make it even kind of harder to watch. With it, you know, taking it seriously, um, but we'll get into that. Yeah. All right. So let's start off. Who is your best character? Um, I think Cotton Weary. Um, okay. For me, yep. Lee Schreiber. Um, yep. I thought that it was great that they kicked his character arc off in in Scream One, um, uh, with him. And he was barely on screen in Scream One. He was just on kind of news reports and mm -hmm. things, wasn't he? Um, and then you know he was a great red herring in this film. Um, a good idea to bring him back because um, obviously there's that tension between him and and Sydney. Um, and you know in the in the final moments of the film, I thought he did a really good job of kind of making you think jesus which side is he on here uh so so yeah no i thought his character is probably one of the only characters within the franchise that's had a definite arc mm -hmm. um and i enjoyed the fact that he was in this film for me it's joel the cameraman oh yeah, yeah. uh he's always saying uh, he didn't want to be there and then he find out that people are dying you know he said to uh to Courtney's character, uh, what's her name? Courtney Gail. Gail uh, Weathers said to Gail Weathers, uh, "I've seen your movies. Brothers don't survive this stuff." <laughs> <laughs> and he's talking about how you know oh, about buying crack and everything like that because he's getting so frustrated. Uh, but he's the one that's always he's the one that's sensible in this movie. He's like, yeah. "I'm getting out." I mean, granted, I, I should have read your book before I took this job, but I'm reading it now, and woo. <laughs> I am leaving. I don't and care. He, this this is assignment for me. I didn't choose this. And he he was absolutely right because you know for 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 a long time African American people in Hollywood movies would were always kind of killed off. Yes. And yeah. and it, it wasn't until the likes of Carpenter came along and started to cast people like Tony Burton in in um, Assault on Precinct Thirteen. All right, mm -hmm. he was killed off, but he had a huge role in that film. He wasn't one of the first to go, which was the kind of norm for African-Americans. Um, 
and also you know uh, Keith David in the thing lead role one of the main characters yep. back in 1982 which strong was, you know, strong character yeah yeah which you know and Carpenter did did well there he gave a lot of kind of um, minority groups and and females really strong roles at a time when there weren't any so yeah. you know there's, there's a lot of truth in, in what that character says yeah uh, in Scream 2 <laughs> he's honest <laughs> alright I have two but who is your worst character I think Gail Weathers Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think she's very sexy in this, this film. one. She, she's sexy though. Well, I tried to look beyond that. Oh damn it! Okay. <laughs> I was just my worst characters weren't just ugly people. <laughs> I, just, I was just like this. <laughs> um, no, I think she's horrible in this film, and for the right reasons because that's the uh, you know I don't dislike the character. I th- you know I think she put, she she does a good job in this film, but what she reminds me of is Loomis in Halloween 2 um, in in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 um, that completely sort of self-obsessed narcissistic inconsiderate um, fame hungry bloody monster and that's what she is for the bulk of this movie talking down sh- to people talking down to people the fact that she's you know, how she's got this book deal and the bloody film and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing um, just completely inconsiderate towards people that she should have really formed a bond with um, because they all survived this. Um, so, so yeah, so for me, she was the character in this film that I was kind of most sort of not disappointed with, but but kind of disliked, I guess. You hated her personality from mm, it. Yeah, I hated yeah. what she'd become after screen. What she did to Dewey screen. and everything and using him. And, yeah, and everything. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, plus, you know, later, later on, those uh, later on to the series, that relationship does not get repaired until very later. Hmm. Um, but we'll talk about that at another time. Uh, but for me, uh, the first one is Randy. Right from the beginning, he's a prick. He's an <laughs> he's a prick. Uh, Jamie Kennedy is a dead. Uh, he is the worst actor on God's green earth, and I have seen better acting from a snail. Uh, <laughs> And he gets overtaken by Aunt Jackie, uh, you know, of course, Mrs. Salt, Billy Loomis's mother, in the van. Gets pulled in. This this woman who used to be maybe 300 pounds and had a liposuction and a facelift. Uh, until he, there's one part where he's part of my, uh, my worst line, but we'll get to that. But yeah, uh, Randy, I always hated Randy. I think he's a dick and I'm glad he died. But he's not dead because we'll find out in part three. He always recurs in some form. I hate him. Um, and the other one is that very disappointing to me is Mickey, played by Timothy Oliphant. Now this yeah. ain't the same Timmy. Uh, uh, t- t- Timmy, I was gonna call him. I'm gonna call him Timmy anyway. This ain't the same Timmy from Justified or The Crazies. He's actually die in those or Die Hard. <laughs> he's actually kind of grown up. He's been in those movies. He's grown up and he's in his acting chops. And the one scene that did it for me was that dancing cafe scene with Jerry O'Connell. That yeah, anyway, yeah. he's like, ladies and gentlemen, look at him. Oh, clap. Come on, everybody. <laughs> Sit the fuck down and eat your goddamn food. That's what I was said. Let, leave him alone. Let him sing. You know, <laughs> Christ's sakes. He's like, look at me. I'm going to be the second person clapping. Look, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, look at him. <laughs> Fucking annoying asshole. And he's crazy at the end. It, it is interesting. Because um, I haven't watched this film for some time now. And obviously going into it. Why today, would what? you? 
exactly. Going into it today, um, I kind of focused more on his character because of I knew, you know, yes. I remembered yeah. what that he was the killer. Um, and it's interesting watching him, the way he behaves when you know that he's the killer because there are little signs there all the time. Mm-hmm. There's a bit when there's the press conference going on um, outside the school, I think it is. Yeah, the college, um, yeah. And and the, uh, the 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 pen pal, the, the Billy's mother, um, she's she's out there interviewing Gail, and he comes onto the scene, and you can see him kind of locking, and clocking. Um, the, you know the, his partner in crime. Yeah, there's little kind of nuances like that throughout the movie when you kind of realize when you know that it's him that's the killer that you can spot. Um, so I was interesting watching that again today. So I was kind of a plus for me enjoying his performance. I didn't consider him the worst character. I don't think. But you know, another part of me that another part of him that was creepy is when she was at the police station and uh, he sits down next to uh, um, Sydney mm. and he slouches down and he leans over to her, almost like he's breathing on her neck. And it's like, <laughs> you know, we're all here for you, Sydney. <sighs> <laughs> and it's like, and it's, if you watch his hand, it looks like his hand's going to touch her knee a yeah. little bit. Yeah, I was like, you, you goddamn creep! You, you yeah. know, you're creepy. He's there. hiding in plain sight, isn't he? But you know, it's, it's not—it's not a good acting role. I've seen better acting from him in other movies. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, I mean, and I didn't even realize when I first saw Justified, which I was a, a fan of. You know, when I first saw Justified, I hadn't joined the dots and realized that <laughs> that's it why his, it was terrible. he kind of because he kind of you know justifies not too much longer after no. scream 2 you know maybe six or seven years or something um and he's aged so much he's matured so much in it's that light period switch. of time yeah yeah completely yeah and, and you know only even in the crazies years, yeah in the crazies and 10 years later he was the villain in die hard or I think it was. Yeah. Um, so you know, his at least his career has kind of gone on to something bigger. It's blossoming. Very. Yeah. He's yeah. becoming a big, big star. Yeah. Um, and also back on Randy as well. I kind Uncle of agree please. with you. It, well, it was a kind of toss-up between Randy and um, Gail Weathers for me. Randy, so I picked, knew. You, no, you I picked. knew you would pick um, Randy. So I. No, thought, but I'll, you're going to be frustrated now because <laughs> you. you you, you decide to pick somebody who is absolutely gorgeous, and who gives a shit what she says, you know, to, to somebody who is absolute asshole and annoying from the beginning. And one of my best, my worst lines come from him that should offend you, but let's continue. Um, <laughs> well, I won't talk about that, because that's okay. what I was going to bring up just now. Okay, stop okay, it. We'll, we'll leave that it. one then. Okay, okay. okay. Um, your best line. It's probably from Randy, right? <laughs> it is Dewey? Ju- uh, Dewey? Ju- yeah, Dewey. Dewey. <laughs> Dewey. Dewey Dewey and Randy chatting in the cafe and they're going okay. through all the kind of reasons why mm-hmm. you know it's who could be a suspect all that kind of stuff and I think Randy says maybe you are a suspect well if I am a suspect you're a suspect and it's just the way that Dewey looks at Randy it's my favourite line it always has stayed with me as this and you can see the cogs turning over in Dewey's head as he looks at Randy and goes, You have a point. <laughs> like that, right? This is slowly. <laughs> well, if I'm a suspect, you're a suspect. Do you have a point? It's good. It's kind of like, you know, you're watching. Um, 
David Arquette's performance of this kind of slightly slower than usual human being. Uh, slightly f- slower than usual. <laughs> what he is? There's something obviously There's <laughs> slightly special about Dewey, isn't there? <laughs> Just watching that penny drop, I think, is hilarious. And his, his kind of facial expression as it's kind of everything slotting into place. Um, Compared I just, to who, Darren? I still can't get off of that. <laughs> See, I'm it? slower than Usain Bolt, you know, so... <laughs> well, Gail Weathers even points it out to him. Yeah, yeah, she, you're simple, She's written a book. Yeah. Page 32. Deputy Dewey filled the room with his Barney Fifish presence. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't remember these lines, but still. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. Okay, your best line. My best line comes from Kai, which explains this movie and Sydney to a T throughout the whole entire franchise. And that's him explaining that Sydney is his perfect, lovable, f***ed up Sydney Prescott, everyone's favorite little victim. Explains it all. Explains it all through the whole series. Okay. F***ed up Sydney Prescott, <laughs> everyone's lovable little victim. I'm going to get shit for that, ain't I? Yeah. I didn't say it. <laughs> Cotton did. You're okay. using that thought as your thought. Okay. Well, I didn't put it in this uh, damn thing. <laughs> what is your worst line? So the worst line is, um, and, you know, some people argue that this was meant to be like that, and but for what reason? I just don't get it. There's a bit when they're talking about the sequels mm-hmm. and how certain sequels are better than others. In the beginning of the classroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. And somebody, and I think Joshua Jackson's in the room at this point. Oh, Christ. And they're talking go. about aliens. And he turns around and goes, get away from her, you bitch. And then Randy connect, corrects him and says... Aliens is a classic, okay? Get away from her, you bitch. I believe the line is stay away from her, you bitch. Which is wrong. Now it is. It is wrong. And and a lot of people argue that they did that on purpose. Um but why would you do that on purpose? I don't get it, because Randy's supposed to be this oracle that everybody looks towards and knows yeah. everything about movies and the situation they're in and why would he get such a thing wrong? I don't, no one's been able to give me a kind of sound explanation as to why that line slipped through like it did or or why that line is supposed to be like that. Um, It's incorrect, as we all know. Um, So, yeah, that's my worst line in the film, purely because I think it's a a blooper that got left in. I think the, uh, that whole scene discussing about sequels you know, and they're saying, "What about this sequel? This sequel?" Um, everybody in the class in the classroom, uh, basically Randy and Mickey, are just pointing out their faults on why there, there's no good sequels. And then somebody brings up The Godfather, mm. you know, Part Two, which nobody argues against. Yeah. And then Randy yeah. does his stupid impression, which leads me to my worst line: <laughs> is him doing Cockney. Uh, <laughs> For which, what which reason? I don't a, get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. A lot of shit happens at the movies. I can't even do it. Do it. Go on. Okay. Let's hear it. <laughs> a lot of shit happens at the movies. People get robbed, shot, maimed, murdered. Multiplex is all dangerous places too these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's t- 
terrible. It's not. A lot of shit happens at the movies. People get robbed, shot, maimed, murdered. Multiplex is just a very dangerous place to be these days. It it's is. absolutely terrible. You're both terrible. I know. And I know I'm terrible. Multiplexes. I can't even say that. How do you say that in, 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 in proper cockney? Multiplexes. Multiplexes. <laughs> it's, not, it's a four-hour drive. There, I could say that. Get out now. Get out now. <laughs> a lot of shit. I can't even say it. A lot of... A lot, of, a lot of shit happens at the movies. I can't even say that. <laughs> what the hell are you trying to do? People get robbed, you shot, like mind, got, murdered. You sound like you've got too many teeth. Multiplex is dangerous places these days. I sound Australian. Dies. These dies. <laughs> Love. Oh, my God. It's horrible, isn't it? Isn't it yes. horrible? <laughs> it's racist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your best kill. I cause we I'm not going on that line anymore. Jesus Christ. Reese, that's Reese. <laughs> <laughs> the only Australian person from Wales we know. <laughs> A Welshman from Australia. There you go. Is he Welsh? He's from Wales. His family's from Wales, I believe. Reese. Are they Reese? Reese Wilson, yep. Wow. And he's the only one in his family that has the Australian accent. I guess he would be. Called Reese. Yeah. <laughs> Reese, yeah. let us know. Yeah, Correct like us. Re- I think Reese you are. Fans. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's, that was for you, Reese. I can't do that accent either. So. Yeah, Reese, let us know if we're telling you that you're coming from somewhere you're not. He is. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a Welshman. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Nothing against him. That's for you, sir. We love you. Uh, <laughs> okay. Your, your best kill. Okay, my best kill is the the bodyguard on the hood of the car. I think he's a body. Is he a bodyguard or a cop? I can't remember. Now. I actually uh, included this too. Let's talk about these. The two cops that are guarding uh, Sydney. Well, I just want to talk about that one kill, and then I'll okay. move on to the rest later on. Okay. So the bodyguard on the hood of the car, Ghostface, crashes the car, and a scaffold pole goes through the bodyguard's head. Um, and I think it's probably one of the most graphic kills that we've had in the franchise. I think. I agree. In fact, I, I was agree. quite. I was I was watching. I was going, "Wow, that's pretty um, full on for a for a scream film." Because usually it's just kind of knives and slashing and that kind of stuff. This was a proper full-on effects moment, wasn't it? It was, uh, yeah. I think I was kind of jiggling around there on the on, on the bonnet on the hood. Um, so yeah, so that is my favorite kill. Yeah, those uh, those two cops are my favorite kills uh, in this movie. It's it's a pretty good uh, effect, like you said. It's probably the best kill in the franchise. Having not seen five yet. Um, so yeah, I actually loved it. I thought it was great. Mm. Um, now the worst kill for you. So the worst kill for me is, um, the bathroom kill at the start of the movie. They had so much to live up to with the opening of the original scream, as I said before, and I don't think they came anywhere near, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, it's a nice meta idea that they were doing with the film stab, but filling the auditorium up with, you know, I don't know, 200 ghost faces or whatever. Um, it just kind of cheapens the the villain, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see that face so many times in the opening moments of this film that it kind of ruins the impact of him when he co- or her when, when, when they come on screen later on. It, it's not a particularly scary mask to begin with. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and having all of all of them. And I know I, I understand what they were doing. They were trying to sort of make everybody relax so that you didn't know who the actual real ghost face was and blah blah blah. But that whole sequence, that whole opening in the theater, just doesn't work for me. The moment where she dies, Jada Pinkett dies, I just think it's comedic. It, do you know what it reminds me of? And we're going to get back to too? no, no, no. I'll get onto that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> it reminds me of when Nordberg gets shot at the start of the Naked Gun. You know when oh, he's kind of going, yeah, oh, yeah. and he's kind of falling into bumping the room, into stuff, yeah. bumping into things, and he touches the paint on the on the, on the windowsill, and he's like, oh, oh my chin. And he bangs his head on the. T- yeah. Because she's just kind of wandering around for ages, kind of like falling over things and standing in front of the auditorium. It seems to go on forever. Um, like moaning and groaning, and it's like, for God's sake, just die, will you? Um, but the biggest problem with it is, is the fact that her boyfriend who gets killed in the bathroom... Omar Epps, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's fine, that sequence. Unfortunately... It's been superseded by what happens in Scary Movie. And you can no longer take that sequence seriously anymore because of what they did in Scary Movie. And it's not just, you know, that sort of thing happens all the time. It happened with all the airport movies in the 70s. Nobody can watch those with a straight face anymore because you've had Leslie Nielsen and Robert Hayes in in Airplane taking the piss. Um, It's... You know, that moment in Scary Movie is funny. It's ridiculous, and it's funny. And when he puts his head to the to the side of the um, the cubicle that he's Glory in... Glory hole. <laughs> exactly. That's all you're thinking about, is that moment from Scary Absolutely. Movie. Absolutely, I agree with you. And yes. so it's really devalued Scream in a lot of ways, a scary movie. And that's why nowadays, I loved them when they first came out, but nowadays I just look at them and all I can see is scary movie. And the, the, the really sad thing is that scary movie, because it was made by the same company, um, it was Dimension or, Dimension or something films, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were obviously allowed to use the same mask. And so it's it really has kind of devalued it, unfortunately. So... The worst kill is, is are the kills at the start of the movie for me. I just don't think the opening of this movie lives up to the first film in any way whatsoever. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I was after you were explaining, I should change it, but I can't uh, just because I hate the character so much. Uh, yeah, because when I thought about you know Jada Pinkett going up on stage and, and crying because no one's helping her, I couldn't think and help about Regina going up there. And, and screaming <laughs> and making fun of it and everyone stabbing her this is for ruining Gandhi and Schindler's List and <laughs> she's getting stabbed by everybody you know and uh, it's it's sad that a movie a spoof movie who is in, that is incredibly funny incredibly funny and taking the piss out of this franchise um, and uh, that you lose that opening moment you mm-hmm. do Every time yeah. you think about it, you're right. You're yeah. absolutely 100. percent right. I, th- I think the damage it's done to this franchise is it's really sad, um, mm-hmm. and I really hope that the guys that do the new film are able to claw a lot of this kind of the lost impact that these movies have nowadays 
um, to claw that back and, and, and deliver something really interesting. Um, because I, I find it really difficult to take these films seriously in 2022. <laughs> you know, the sad thing is, is that these weren't, this wasn't a spoof series that spoofed, you know, 10, 15 years down the road. It was almost, you know, within the same, you know, two or three years. Mm. And it was still fresh on people's mind. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, but yeah, it's sad. Um, but for me, the worst kill is Randy because he should have died in a more horrible way instead of getting beat up by Aunt Jackie. And then when, he, when you go to see him, um, it looks like they just poured blood on his face. And it yeah. doesn't look like him at first. Mm. You know, you got these buck teeth showing. Um, <laughs> and he's just laying there dead. He should have went a different way. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I have to tip my hat to what you just said about your worst kill. Wow. Mm. I didn't think about that way. Um, your best moment. Okay, so we touched upon it earlier, but it's a whole set piece, which I think is genuinely still really effective these days. And I remember when I first saw this film being kind of really gripping the edge of my seat. And it's when Sydney and Hallie are being transported uh, and, and Ghostface attacks the car. I see not so dissimilar to the one in Halloween Kills when Michael's on the roof of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, he kills one of the bodyguards and he kind of drives down the street with the second bodyguard on the hood of the car. Um, and he crashes it, killing the bodyguard and knocking himself out. This is Timothy Oliphant, isn't it, at this stage? Mm-hmm. It, it's then down to the girls to break out of the car as, as quietly as they can, climb over him and, and get out without waking him up. And when I first saw this, I thought that... It, I still do think it's a really effective sequence. It's a really nice set piece. Um, Scream isn't really known for its you know for his kind of prolonged tension because they they just can't wait to get things over and done with they can't wait to do these bumbling kind of chase sequences and there are some chase sequences mm-hmm. in this particularly i think it's the sarah michelle geller chase sequence at the start where whoever it is who's who's doing the chasing is is just falling into plant pots and throwing themselves over sofas and through doors and it just looks ridiculous and again it's another element to to this kind of slasher series that i i find difficult to take seriously mm-hmm. but that moment in the car when they're trying to get out is genuinely tense and yeah. really well directed is that sequence yeah um so yeah so so props to them for that because it still holds up the, today and probably because you <laughs> you know it's not about ghostface it is about Ghostface, but it's not about the actual image of him. It's about not waking him up mm-hmm. uh, and trying to get out before he he comes round. So, um, yeah, it's a really, really clever scene. One of the things that this franchise does very well is that when you think the jump scare is going to happen, like you just said, going over Ghostface and waking him up, you knew that you were going to say, okay, he's going to wake up at the last moment and grab a leg or grab an arm or a piece of hair. They, he, they don't do that in this series. Yeah, he, yeah. you can actually go. He comes. He pops out of nowhere at the time where it's the most calm, not where the most tension is is uh, being built. And I tip my hat to the franchise for that. Uh, but for me, you know, my best moment is the play scene when they're uh, playing out the fall of Troy, and mm-hmm. you have all this commotion going around, and Sydney's you know playing you know the victim you know in this play, and either she sees ghost faced in her mind or he's actually there you can't I don't know which I really don't and 
to me, I, uh, without seeing this, because I saw this in the theater, but I've forgotten about all this scene, this scene now. Uh, I thought it was just a fantastic moment. I was When I was watching it today, I was thinking, would you really, as a victim of a masked killer, throw yourself in, uh, into a play where you're the victim surrounded by masked men and women? With knives? With <laughs> knives? It's, it just doesn't, you know, but I know what you mean. It's, it's kind of really nicely directed and, and ambiguous as to whether we do actually see the, the real ghost face or whether it's just in her head. I guess... You know, it's it's it doesn't really matter, but it, it's yeah, it's well done, I guess. Yeah, well, this is also the director, uh, who's a good character actor as well. Um, said, you know, use your pain to, you know, act through this. You've David Warner. Yeah, you actually been through it. You know, yeah. so use it. Yeah. yeah. Then I thought he was going to lean in and kiss her. You know, but usually <laughs> that's what directors do. Uh, but other than that, you know, yeah, that was that's. I thought that was great. It was, yeah. you know, it was. Yeah. You can't focus on him. And I remember I was trying to be like, okay, is he over there? Is he this guy? Is he that guy? You couldn't tell. Because one of those masks, one of those masks actually does look like the ghost face mask, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Um, But I also wanted to mention the score in this film as well. I think Marco Marco Beltrami did a good job. But there there is a part of the score which I believe is taken from Broken Arrow. Yes. Um, And that's... Yes. Is that just me, or is that from... That's me as well. I was like, this is Broken Arrow. Yeah, I think it is. I need to... Does anybody know? I'd like to know about this without... Because I can't be bothered Googling it at the moment. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, during this recording, we've Googled a lot. <laughs> um, is that actually the same cue from Broken Arrow? Because I saw Broken Arrow a few few months ago. It was on TV, and I always remember that kind of Western-type... Um, bass guitar piece of music. Um, is that the same cue? Is it? Have they used the Broken Arrow music, or has Marco Beltrami kind of reworked it? Um, it'd be. I'd be interested to know because it sounds awfully like it. It really does. It's like Forty Eight Hours using Commando and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Little- well, that was the, that was the same. Yeah, yeah. The steel drums. Oh, James Horner is it? Is it James Horner? I think yeah, James Horner. Oh, fuck I'm it. pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> <Fuck> Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, what did you think of the ending? Really quick. Sydney so just walking off, and you hear. Yeah, it kind of just. Studio. It's just like they just kind of thought. Well, there's no point in kind of doing any sort of epilogue or anything like that. Let's just yeah. get out of here. You know? <laughs> I mean, they're focusing on Cotton now, and they're just letting another story walk away. That wouldn't happen. Yeah. They'd be following her too. <laughs> yeah. And she's going it back does, to her going back to her it, college dorm room. Yeah, yeah. And it does that thing that, you know, a lot of people aren't fans of, which is, you know, you you, you kind of kill any atmosphere by just putting some fucking random pop song on the end credits that kicks in when everything's just finished. It's, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not a fan of that. I'd rather the score continue. And if you want to put a pop song on there, put it on right at the arse end of the credits when people are leaving or, you know, when... Or, or they've had time to process what's happened and, and you know, and, and don't mind something different kicking in. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's just silly old song that comes in. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting through Scream. You know, uh, like Darren and I said, we're taking this to the, you know, the approach of honesty, not knowing our, <laughs> as you guys know, with our hatred to this franchise. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it hate. No. Uh, I mean, I ju- it's just a dated franchise. That's all. Unfortunately, it's all right. It's hate for me, at least. Then, yeah, it's hate. Yeah, for me. yeah. 
<laughs> but you know, I think if we could come through. Uh, come, we came through this uh, best of worst of Scream Two, honestly. And uh, this is just what we saw on screen. We just mm. this is just what we saw. Um, and you know, we're not done with Randy yet. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even record a load of shit to put in yeah, the third film. <laughs> fuck it, we'll get to it. Yeah. We'll get to the third one. Yeah, uh, I don't but, remember the third film at all. I just remember it wasn't very good. But um, no, nobody likes it. No one likes uh, the third one. Yeah, that'd be um, interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, what did you what do you think of Scream Two? Do you think it's a good sequel uh, compared to the first one? Uh, what did you think about the characters? Who is your best and worst? What is your best and worst of these movies? We would like to know. Um, other than that, you know, we're uh, coming along. We still got some more Carpenter stuff uh, to do. We, of course, we're going through his catalog. We're probably about halfway there through finishing Darren, you think? Um, yeah. We're through the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> we, the, we didn't do, um, we need to do Assault on Precinct 13. We yeah, we're, we're getting yet, there. We'll, yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting there. He's got a catalog. Uh, so, and uh, we got our Nightmare on Elm Street coming up soon, but we want to get Scream out there because the movie Part 5 is coming out on the 14th, yeah. uh, relatively speaking. Um, so, you know, as always, stick to the roads. And the best of luck. Yeah, that Cockney. Oh, my God, was that <laughs> horrible.